And now, here's your host, board-certified circumcision reattachment specialist, Drew Marshall. half hour of the show folks thanks for tuning in again you are listening to the drew marshall show uh we have been streaming live uh, since one o'clock and we are also live on real radio here in southern ontario a little station called joy 1250 my son josh marshall in the studio co-hosting my birthday show <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about that really monday yeah well i got today right oh, turn it up turn it up should i stay or should i go now Okay, so I'm so old, I remember slam dancing. <laughs> what's you guys don't you that? kids don't even know what that is? Slam dancing. That's when you go pit. into a giant mosh pit at the front and you just beat the living snot out of people beside you as you you're don't dancing. Beat around. them, is it like hit them? Like no, punch them. You, you slam just them. Slam bodies. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a body checking party. Yes. yes. Yeah. Body body checking party. They called it that at first, and but then it was they, too wordy. It was too wordy. They yeah. said, "Let's call it slam dance." Yeah, way cooler. <laughs> Barnett Bain is the uh, he's an Oscar-winning and Emmy-nominated producer, author of the book of Doing and Being: Rediscovering Creativity in Life, Love, and Work. And he is uh, he's kind of a big deal. He uh, worked on a little movie called What Dreams May Come with uh, Robin Williams. And <sighs> so sad. What is that little empathetic oh, sound Robin that came Williams. out of you? Every time I think I about it, I just go like. Ugh. Cuba Gooding Jr. was also in that. Do you have a feeling for him? Yes, I do. Show me the money. <laughs> anyway, this book that I have in my hands is called The Book of Doing and Being, Rediscovering Creativity in Life, Love, and Work. Barnett Bain is in Toronto because he just wrapped shooting a, let's see, a movie about one of Eckhart Tolle's book. Did I get that right? You did, and happy birthday, by the way. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. You got a cake? I hope you got gifts. It got you the whole thing. How many candles on that thing, or is it a fire hazard? 82. There, stop it. It is a fire hazard. <laughs> The icing's melted already. There are 48 candles on it because they came in packs of 48, and the person who brought the cake didn't want to buy another 48 just to make it 49. And they also didn't want to shoplift. Um, l- listen, uh, what? tell me about the rap. What did you rap? The rap? Well, the picture was called Milton's Secret. It's with Donald Sutherland and Michelle Rodriguez. It's a story about a... Um, a boy, that little boy, 12 years old, and he takes on all of the stresses of his parents and his caregivers. It's sort of a universal theme, I, I think, but um, beautiful story, and um, we had a great time making it, and I was, um, I, I just love being back here in Canada. I'm Canadian. I've been away for a few years, but it was terrific to be back in Toronto. And Where do you live down in, uh, down in La La Land? What area? I'm in Malibu. Oh, I'm in Malibu. Gee. Canada. It's actually like uh, north. It's southern northern Quebec. Yeah. I have a friend that has a place in Malibu. Go down and visit every once in a while. And it's near the Getty, the old Getty house. That's right. Yeah, I'm a little farther north than that. Oh, you're up near Charlie Sheen's place. 
A little farther north than that, a little quieter neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little less penicillin sales. Um, we're, we were just talking about Robin Williams, and yeah. I want to know, you know, knowing what you know now, if you had the chance to talk with Robin Williams one last time, Barnett, what would you say to him? I just, you know, um, that's quite a quite a question. Just that I love him and I understand, and um, uh, I um, I respect and honor his choices. And it was he was going through some pretty rough things. No, nobody should have to go through that kind of stuff. You worked with him for how long uh, when you did the movie together? Um, better part, almost a year. Yeah. Did you have a chance to work with him again afterwards? I didn't. I saw him once in a while. Uh, we only worked the one time, but um, I considered him a friend. It was uh, sad and devastating and turned a lot of people, myself included, inside out and upside down. And um, Sometimes, you know, these incredible tragedies of public figures, we, we're sort of immune to them, we're blasé to them, and sometimes they really hit us and you know lots of people were very very moved by the passing of princess die and yeah there are some folks um whose genuine goodness and authenticity their realness it just sort of shines through and when we lose them we lose a piece of all of us have you and tom shadiak ever worked together uh we haven't worked together but uh he's a friend i know him I, I thought you guys, I would love to, to uh, have a long, long wine-inspired conversation uh, with you and Tom Shadiak. I, he was one uh, of my... You should have been, should have been at uh, a dinner we had um, right before last Christmas. Thanks. It would have been, we, we actually had that conversation. Thanks. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate that. <laughs> anytime. Anytime. Honestly, to have you, Tom Shadiak, and uh, Hunter Adams, Patch Adams, in a conversation would just be fantastic. <laughs> well, I don't know Patch Adams, so I did. I, I remember the movie well, and I, yeah. I remember um, being on set of the movie and visiting um, Robin at the time. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember that uh, that interview? That conversation. Tim? Yeah, it was great. Such an interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. But you've also, I mean, is, is it Celestine or Celestine? I thought it was Celestine. 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 It's spelled yeah. Pine, but anyway, Celestine prophecy, Eckhart Tolle, the Jesus film. What do you believe? Because you're you've you've been involved in all this stuff. What do I believe? Yeah. Uh, more, more than what I believe, I, it's important to me to uh, create work that helps me better connect with um, other people, with the world, to, to understand myself a little more, and to um, support my, my own growth and to support other people in the challenges of being alive. It's not a simple thing to meet the challenges of daily life and any time we can see um, modeled in the stories that we see we if we see model modeled characters who um, show up in the face of big challenges in ways that um, maybe could inspire us a little bit and be helpful a little bit then um, that's really the core calling of my work well, the book is called The Book of Doing and Being, Rediscovering Creativity in Life, Love, and Work. And uh, I just want to know, really, from you right off the top, Barnett, is do you think there's any correlation to spiritual belief and practices like prayer and meditation and and someone's 
ability to imagine or create. Do you see a correlation? I do. There is a correlation, um, but it may not be. It, it may or may not be the same correlation you're alluding to, but I definitely see a correlation. For me, uh, creativity, the, um, there is, first of all, nothing except creativity. There is only creativity going on. And very often, you know, we're trained by our culture to think that creativity is the special domain of very gifted people, the kinds that we see on the magazines and the checkout counters. But I, I really see creativity as... Um, as uh, uh, the skill of moving beyond our patterns and blocks. That, to me, is what creativity is. And every human being on the planet is perpetually being creative 24-7, though they don't always, uh, they're not always aware of it. Every thought, every feeling, every belief, every choice, and every decision, and every act is a creative act the difference is when we know it is a creative act and we know and we can do it with awareness as opposed to by habit or the way we've been conditioned by our society or our education when if when we do it for as a as a personal choice then it becomes a, a premeditated creative act and that's when certain people begin to pull away from the rest when someone is though uh, creatively stuck do you think Again, using the word correlation here, do you think there's a correlation between being creatively stuck and emotional disruption? Yes, I do. I think when people are creatively stuck, how we do one thing is symptomatic of how we do all things. And when we are creatively stuck, we may find that um, there are other places in our lives where we're also sort of stuck. Maybe we're a little bit um, bored or feeling unfulfilled in our jobs, or maybe our marriages aren't quite as fulfilling or attuned as we'd like them to be, or maybe the relationship we have with our parents or with our children is not all that we'd like it to be. When we are, when we are stuck in uh, whether you're trying to make a painting or a picture or an opera or a souffle or raising a family, it is all the same creative act. And when we begin to feel stuck in one area, uh, it's symptomatic of other things. So I absolutely do believe that there are connections to these. Okay, so, so in your world, one of the most creative people I can think of would be the screenwriter. Yeah. And I assume that a good screenwriter has the ability to really feel stuff, almost in a, in a compulsive way. You know, they can really feel stuff. And then they can transfer those feelings into their mind and then from their mind onto, onto, uh, onto the pages. Um, so is, do you think that process is, is right, is accurate? Do you think screenwriters are some of the most creative people in your field? In my field, for sure. But I also think that... Um uh, I, I think that everybody walking around is uh, equally creative. No, not being, come I'm on. I'm not being precious and I'm not being coy about this. Uh, we're using creativity in two different ways. And one of the reasons that I wrote the book is because I want to disabuse folks of uh, shoehorning the idea of what creativity is into the ability to create artifacts or, um, or, or little pieces of business that entertain or divert us. Uh, the big game of creativity is the degree to which we are able to move outside of our habits. 
So um, when you're talking about a screenwriter, a screenwriter is creative. The ones that are creative are creative because they are not uh, stopped by the inside voices that say, oh, well, I'm not quite good enough, or this is too much, or, uh, or I'm boring, or I don't have anything to say, or I'm afraid of taking a risk, or I might be judged, or I might fail, or I'm not good. Because uh, I don't know any screenwriters who began as geniuses. Um, you know, there are, there are places that you can go online, and uh, if, you Google, if you put into search engines that I want to see the first drafts of great works of art, and you can see like the first drafts of things like Catcher in the Rye, um, uh, and a number of other, Moby Dick, and a number of other um, uh, classic works of art and literature, and they're pretty lame. I, you know, when I when I think about jumpstarting creativity for people, people who are stuck, yeah. you know, yeah. those who who need to be creative to do what they do, okay, they, you know, you can jumpstart their creativity. But for Buddy who works at Ford, you know, on the assembly line, he doesn't yeah. need to be creative. He doesn't. Well, how does he need to be creative? Well, again, we're talking about two different kinds. You're talking about creativity, and you know, does he need to be able to paint a picture? But does he need to be able to respond after you're working on an assembly line for, or you're working a job that, that is uh, maybe not as fulfilling from day to day and you come home and maybe you're not as alive in your relationship, then possibly it would be helpful for, um, for such a person. I know I'm often one of those guys where I fall into a routine and it is helpful to me to recognize it and to learn how to jumpstart a response to my life that allows me to have um, uh, an innovative connection with it, a new way of looking at it, uh, new choices. And when we begin to, to approach what is familiar with new approaches, you don't have to be a screenwriter to have big successes. When you okay. begin to approach even the most average, boring thing with a, with, from a new perspective, the funny thing about the universe is it feeds you back something new. Okay, uh, Lindsay Vandenherk is here. She's a uh, yoga guru. She's a yoga studio owner, yoga instructor, Kripalu uh, person. <laughs> and, uh, Lindsay, when you're putting together your classes, you have creative blocks, right? I'm sure it happens. Yeah, you have creative blocks. Like, eh, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know. So what would be something, you know, a, a bit of advice that you would give to Lindsay when she's in that creative block? She's, what, 20 minutes away from doing a yoga class. She's down in her office. She's like, I got nothing. I got nothing. I've taught 15 classes this week. I got nothing new to give. Yeah. yeah. Nothing new. Well, some, I'd start by, first of all, owning it, recognizing that um, you're in a place that I call obstruction and understanding it. And then I would understand, well, what part of myself, is this a pattern? Have I ever heard this? Have I ever heard this thought? Uh, have I ever had this feeling before? When and where have I had this feeling before? And I would begin to recognize that it is coming from a very particular uh, inside voice of mine, a very particular, particular voice that is very familiar for me. And I'd also recognize that I have other voices, just the voice that is taking the moment to observe the uh, voice that is obstructed, that says, I, I can't do it, or I'm not good enough, or I'll never get past this habit, or I'm not capable, or I've failed before, I'll probably fail again, or no one will want what I have to offer. Hmm. The part of you that is looking at that is a different aspect of yourself. What does that part have to say about it? Maybe that part can respond with some 
compassion, you know, anybody who'd been through what you'd been would might feel like that. But I am already out of my understanding feeling something else. So maybe I would begin to explore my create my creative work through that second voice. We have, as the poet said, I think it was Whitman, we contain multitudes. And when we can become close and tender and intimate with more and more of those multitudes of those inner voices, we suddenly have a bigger menu of inside collaborators with which to express our creativity. But usually we default back to the one or two um, tape loops and, and scripts that we have inside that we have we pretend is all there is of me. Um, Barnett, I, I, there's a couple things I got to say. First of all, I want to apologize. We've we've got to move on because someone brought me a birthday cake, and we have to celebrate my birthday on my show. Well, you go ahead and blow those candles. Yeah. Have a really great birthday. Yeah, well, thank you. But the other thing is, I just want to let our listeners know again that the uh, the book is called "The Book of Doing and Being: Rediscovering Creativity in Life, Love, and Work." And Barnett Bain is the uh, the author of this book. Uh, Oscar-winning and Emmy-nominated producer, author of the book of Doing and Being, Rediscovering Creativity in Life, Love, and Work. Uh, a website you want to go check out is Barnett Bain. That's B-A-R-N-E-T-B-A-I-N, BarnettBain.com. This this book will um, you know help to rewire your brain to unleash ultra-creativity. It'll help you find some freedom from self-criticism, perfectionism, and other obstructions to creative expression. Uh, help you harness the two forces of creativity, which is inspiration and action, and help you discover your emotions as the doorway to creative ingenuity, and uh, help you heed the call of your real work, regardless of age, education, or experience. So, Barnett, you this sounds obviously like this is a huge passion of yours, and I want to thank you for, for putting your guts on, you know, into a book like this. Well done. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me on, and have a great birthday. Thank you, Barnett. Take care. Bye. Barnett Bain on The Drew Marshall Show. Hey, thanks for tuning in today, folks, and don't forget, if you don't sin, Jesus died for nothing. A backslider, and it sure is a lot of fun.